0: The following podcast is
1: a member of the Great Big Owl family.
2: Say anything.
3: <laughs> it's taken. Can I just tell you something? It's taken 38 minutes to set this up.
2: Oh my god!
3: That is Makita, a new record. Congratulations.
2: Oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Totally uh, in your account, Makita. Are you ready?
2: Oh, my God. Not really, actually. Brilliant. Let's just see what happens. Come on. I, have n- I really don't use Amazon that much, I don't think.
3: Well, we'll find out <laughs> now. I'll, t- I'll be the one to tell you that. um So, this is Makita Oliver on my Mayport toaster. Makita, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. And most importantly, thank you for spending 40 minutes with me. Sadly, off air, we didn't record any of it, setting up. <laughs> the uh the line we've done it you're on board you're there right
2: it was hell tom thank you <laughs> God, it was, it was really i really didn't need this today <laughs> it was really, it was
3: really bad. what made it worse miss- is that i just the, you're one of those people when you get annoyed i find it funny i don't know why there's something about your being annoyed chemistry that i find very funny
2: don't tell, did I seem like I was getting annoyed? Oh no, I was hiding it
3: quite well. It just the sort of, <laughs> it wasn't actually annoyed is unfair. Just the despair is what I enjoyed the despair. most.
2: despair, I was, I was despairing Technology. for both of
3: us. Are you very, are you very technically minded?
2: Um... No, uh, my Mac that's in front of me is my this laptop I got this year for my 36th birthday.
3: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> and, uh, you know, because I never really, I didn't go to school really, like most people do. I didn't go to uni and I didn't have an office job or a job that made me, uh, that I needed a computer for. So I just never, all those blocks of time where you get very computer literate, I didn't have. So I had to learn how to use a computer this year. And, are you um, kidding me
3: are you, you've yeah. only just got that's like a, a sort of member of the royal family only just getting a mobile <laughs> phone
2: how privileged are you <laughs> how do you use these devices <laughs> um, no I was also just scared of laptops I was like, how could anyone figure them out And then, you know what it was really humbling I had to like you know uh, ask my cousin for help and ask my flatmate anyone's had to help me this year but I've got a lot better and I taught myself how to edit this year so oh my god uh, I don't have to use iMovie <laughs> so don't worry
3: Whoa. About someone's putting a new showreel together what have you been editing it, please
2: uh well me and mum started doing this thing in lockdown called what's for dinner mummy um because we were losing our minds uh, along with the rest of the country lockdown one mm. and uh it was just my mum cooking and making a recipe. And then I would play music and we would dance and just chat in the kitchen. And then I started, I would just post them as stories. And then I wanted it to be more like a sort of film. And then I wanted to add music. And then I was like, I need to learn how to edit. So I just did. There you go.
3: There's a life skill you've got out of lockdown. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. And I can use a laptop now that, whatever happened in those previously 40 minutes, previous 40 minutes have nothing to do with how bad my tech skills are. They are bad, but they're not that bad.
3: (laughs) I would say, first of all, 38 minutes. Secondly uh, Secondly No this wasn't your fault This was just a weird thing Genuinely it was nothing to it, you it, it was not your fault um, It was weird So listen I'm a sl- It's a slightly nerve wracking moment right Now I've looked into your Amazon account And I can see 2010 No orders And then I'm like And I'm like Oh my god 11 Nothing 12 Nothing So you promised me You've not been erasing your orders Have you You've been going no. through You're just not a big Amazon shopper This is going to be I'm- a great episode
2: <laughs> And it turns out I don't really buy that much Of Amazon The Bye. end <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I did, um, I did I, yeah, uh, Amazon, eBay, online shopping has just always intimidated me. I did the um, Argos voiceover for years and I'd be like, what do you mean click and collect? What does that mean? And they'd be like, and I'm like, really? Same day? And they were like, yeah. <laughs> I only really got into online buying this year with my new flatmate, my flatmate of a year, and she is deep into a delivery. So yes. she loves an Amazon delivery.
3: Yeah, good. Oh, well, we'll get on to that then. So this, so lockdown has unleashed, basically lockdown has brought you up to about 12, 2008, I reckon.
2: <laughs> Probably.
3: Crashing it throat. But that's interesting that you're a bit of a Luddite. That is interesting. And it's. you think it's because mm. you didn't do the normal things with with university and all that sort of stuff.
2: Absolutely. Those those blocks of your life that people just take for granted for what you learn. I think people take for granted what they learn in those times, those things that just become yeah. just part of getting older. And I was like on set and stuff. So yes. I didn't really, like. I didn't learn to drive. I didn't learn how to use a computer, but I could, you know. You know, do one hell of an interview with Usher. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was that is, fine. That is
3: so true. You, you should have slammed me with that when we, when I was getting cross with you trying to set this up. Tom, can you interview Usher? No, you can't.
2: I should have so, come back with my greatest stuff, exactly. So
3: before we get on to your first purchase, which by the way doesn't happen until 2017. 2017. Oh my God, what
2: I just, I don't know what I was up to then. Oh God, what was I buying? Well,
3: we'll get there in a sec. But I'm fascinated by this idea that you were whisked away. When did you get, is, is it t uh, T4 that you did? Is that, that's the big gig, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I started on Pop World. Pop that was my World first cost. job. With yeah. Simon, yes. And with Simon, I'm still, we did, uh, that was when I was 15 and we did five years. And then I moved on to T4 for another six. So I did 11 years from 15 to 20, uh, to 20 Six. Yeah, that's 11 years. Yeah. And that's a, when you learn a lot of sort of quite base stuff. And I didn't really have a day off for those years. I just worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. So only in the last like 10 years was I like, right, I need to do all those things that people do, like mm. <laughs> learn stuff. I mean, so I guess I've done my life a bit backwards.
3: Well, no, but it's just fascinating. I mean, it's a sort of showbiz version of leaving the army,
2: isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah.
3: Twenty six. You're like, yeah. right, hello world. Yeah. How do I get Wi-Fi? Yeah. What's a router? I
2: mean, it's it's absolutely. It is. It's true. Actually, you do. You do. You just get into a, a particular bubble of work, and that work is so extreme and otherworldly. Mm. So you do have to land a bit, and you know, I landed hard. I had a lot of stuff to get through, yeah. and you know, even this year, I was like building all the X. I'm starting quite a few different things, and. In January, one of the teams was like, you have to get a laptop. I was like, well, oh, I was like doing it from my iPad. They were like, just get a like." I was like, what do you mean Google Drive? So I've had to learn like Google Drive and all- spreadsheets and just the lingo and terminology and all of it. I'm still very much learning. There's a lot to learn on a laptop.
3: There is a lot to learn. There is a lot to learn, but it's, you know, it's very satisfying and and you can now consider yourself a normal member of the human race, knowing what's going on on a laptop. It's it's
2: great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a nice picture of like a meadow of cosmos flowers that helps me not be intimidated by it every time I open it. It's it's a safe space, your laptop.
3: It's really fascinating though, this idea that, um, so when you're 15 years old, you get whisked away to to go and uh, present one of the, biggest youth tv shows out there i mean and also we're getting into territory here of child star and for me child star always means car crash like if as soon as you're 18 plus and things happen like that that's okay but 15 that is really young
2: yeah it was it was a lot actually and but you know in a way it was it was weird you know i became really famous really quickly and i didn't really know that was going to be an additional part of it I, i just thought i had to do this massive job. I did that bit wasn't really discussed. <laughs> um uh right. but you know there was no Instagram so I didn't have to deal with that which is hell oh, for- man.
3: so true. Look, let's go to the end. Let's go to 2017. We've got to get into your items, right? We've got to find what okay. you have been buying. 2017 and it's it's pretty simple. There's only two things that you buy in the whole year. The whole year. The whole year. They're both on prime video.
2: Oh my god no right they're both on prime video. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: god. it's absolute filth no um you have bought 30th of august 2017 dangerous liaisons you oh go. You hi- you hired
2: did.
3: You go? it's all gonna it's all gonna be okay it's all gonna be okay <laughs> makita don't panic
2: but, i can't believe um, i hired dangerous liaisons from amazon
3: yeah yeah, it's. Uh, do you know what? I don't think I've seen this movie, or maybe I have watched it, but years ago. Oh, it's Glenn Close, John Malkovich, Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, and it's. Um, it was a film that was quite very big when I was young, and there was a. I grew up in Portobello Road, and uh, there was a, a cinema called the Electric on Portobello, and whatever film yes. was on there, the poster of it would always be there, and that was my walk to primary school, back and forth every day. So. I don't know I just there are certain films like that film Peter's Friends I was talking about it with a few friends the other day just those sort of iconic I
3: love that movie such a great film
2: those early 90s like brilliant films my mum would watch them a lot and they were always like on, on at the electric so that would have been me probably being quite nostalgic and also it's a blooming great story it's so dark and twisted
3: yes yeah it's classic it's a classic so yeah, so uh yeah. portobello road i mean what a dreamy place to to grow up do you do you still live over there
2: no i live in hackney my mum uh, moved to east london 25 years ago for love for my lovely stepdad garfield um oh. uh, and then i follow i sort of lived all around but i've lived east for about 15 years right yeah okay. about 15 years maybe maybe god yeah 15 years but um but west london labrick grove that's where i'm from and it's a very special place to me and we grew up in the middle of a very hedonistic exciting time uh with where lots of cultures were mixed and races were mixed and there was music and art and my mom knew a lot of people and it was a very very precious exciting childhood i'm very happy so nice
3: to hear yeah. that kind of those vibes about about child had been positive because so many comics who i know are always yeah. like oh god it was awful where do i start and i'm like i'm not your therapist i don't know what to say um so uh okay so so west london um we, i mean weird being whisked away to pop world when you were 15 were you what were your mates like when that happened
2: um uh <laughs> you, dropped everyone was really, you dropped them you dropped like a sack of shit unbelievable no 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 it was more everyone was so busy with school and I hadn't gone to school for about a year or two. So I was quite displaced anyway from my group of friends. Mm. Um, and uh, I, it was just a bit of this weird thing that I was doing. It only became, Pop World was not meant to be a success. <laughs> Pop World was a very small idea that was on at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 4 on Sunday mornings. But what it did was, it because it was small, Simon and I met, did not like each other, sort of didn't really get each other but we started on this show together really quickly. I did the audition within a week. We started filming wow. and I was like, okay. And and Simon and I realized that we both were disappointed with the same things in pop culture. and And that's how we sort of grew to love each other. And because no one was looking at us, we just, Started to lie and tell the producers that we wrote our own scripts and that we, oh, it's right, we improvise. So we just start to do whatever we, we just like, should we just say what we want? And then we just did. And the ratings uh, trebled. Yes. And they couldn't say anything. And suddenly it was like. And they're
3: stuck with the, you. White. Amazing. Yeah. But this is what yeah, happens. It was good. This is what happens when talent take, con- takes control like that and you don't have a board of executives telling you what you should say, you know?
2: Yeah. And it's, and sometimes when, when you start small, you can sort of create anything you want. If we were meant to be the, this really like sarcastic new music show, mm. it would have been awful, yeah. but it was just, we, we were just yeah. two people that really, I mean, Simon's one of the most important people to me in my life. We went through something extraordinary together and he, you know, he spent Christmases with us. He's very much part of my family. Mm. And I, I just, I'm, I adore that that man and I had this extraordinary experience together yeah. I was very lucky that that was my first job <laughs> he's
3: such yeah he's such a dude he's such a great guy oh, he's, you,
2: the, he's the best you're
3: both brilliant on that show because you your and I remember watching him and, and, and exactly that sort of shiny floor show uh, youth pop stuff was not my jam I was a miserable shit listening to the Smiths and yet I watched that <laughs> and I loved you guys because you were dry I mean your dry sense of humour Makita I mean, you were 15 16 and you were rattling out these gags like where the I fuck know. did that come from <laughs>
2: I I have no idea why I was. I well. I mean, my childhood, where I, where well, the people I grew up around, I was around a lot of adults. I was. Taught that what I had to say was important. I was also a real little show off, and um, I was f- happy to finally have a stage for my opinions yeah. that I felt were really important. You know, I was fearless. I was fifteen. I think you you get become more scared in your twenties. When you're that young, you you are quite fearless, and you sort of just go for it. Yes,
3: yes. We've all got a channel of fifty, our inner fifteen year old Makita Oliver. That's what we need
2: absolutely, to absolutely. Um, all right,
3: here we go. Another order, thirty first of December, twenty seventeen. Someone's got a a big New Year's Eve plant. Wait, What? Oi, oi! <laughs> having it, Lounge? What's going on at Makita's tonight? Yeah, they're having a house party. Really? What are they are doing? They're watching Being Julia.
2: Oh, come on! <laughs> oh, my! Oh, my! God. Oh, my God. Okay, this is why. All right, Being Junior, this is why. Oh, my God. That's hysterical. I think I got Amazon so I can get Being Junior. I'm not joking. Okay. Good. So, um, my uh, my very good friend uh, of a long time is an actor called Tom Sturridge, and he was in Being Junior when we were younger. I had a major, major crush on him, oh. and I loved a good... English film and I think that's what I liked about him the most he was like so English and he came from a family of like directors and actors and I just really loved his family and I any film he was in I watched He's brilliant. <laughs> but 2017 is a bit late because I got over Tom Sturridge in 2000 and 10. So that's not good. Okay. So, <laughs> so
3: maybe there's some sort of slightly morose New Year's Eve kind of, you're watching it by yourself maybe, with a bottle of wine yeah. and some candles. Maybe I
2: was like, oh, let's remember my crush on Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great film. I really love being Julia. Annette Benning's so great in it. And it's my kind of film. But Jeremy Irons is one of my favorite actors in the world. I love everything Jeremy Irons is in. Yes. And it's just a good, nice, nicely, nice looking English film.
3: So what, how many stars would you give it out of five?
2: Being Julia, (laughs) Um, I'd probably give it three and a half. It gets a bit weird at the end.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm just writing a review because don't forget, I've I've logged into your Amazon account. So I can just add a headline. Oh, right. Yeah. Storage.
2: No. Storage. (laughs)
3: um, Add a written review. I really. I hang on. I only. Got I really
2: enjoy Tom Sturridge Amazon, in this
3: part. Uh, Prime. So I only got Amazon Prime, so I could watch this film. I yeah. I bought my first laptop in 2020.
2: <laughs> I love Tom Sturridge. No, no, no. You can't put that last one
3: because okay. oh, he's. I like. Tom, he's still I mean, you my just, friend. You just did it on a podcast, Peter. He's, so ar-
2: he's so arrogant that he'll think that's true. Okay. I, okay. I think
3: Tom <laughs> Sturridge. Has come off the boil, okay? But was
2: good here. But I, but I, good here, and I love him dearly and will forever. And there you go. And I love him dearly and will forever. Jesus, this is gamer therapy. Uh, choose your
3: public name, Makita Oliver. Submit oh my god There so we are That's oh that done Oh my god
2: Having a nice time On is the that, podcast
3: uh, are you? Yeah good Is that
2: underneath Being Julia now? Certainly
3: is Any one of our listeners yeah. Can now head over To Being Julia on Amazon And they'll see The latest reviewers From Makita Oliver And it says those oh words
2: my Oh my god Okay, okay? Well, I hope that's the last time We do that Absolutely not <laughs> When they're looking Through your shopping history And they don't understand
1: it You have been bought red
3: 21st of January, 2018, uh, you spend £6 on White Heat Season 1. What is White Heat, please?
2: Oh, God. This is when I started to fall out of love with Amazon. Oh. Because I bought... White Heat It was, again, see, I do, like, a good sort of uh, British drama.
3: Are you (laughs) shitting bricks about The Crown at the moment in that case?
2: No, do you know what? I... I, uh... I feel like I can't watch it while everyone is watching it. It's just, it's too overwhelming. It's like so in the mind frame of everyone at the moment. I think I need to give it a minute. You're
3: such an indie kid. You're like me. I don't want, everyone else is watching it. I'm like, no, if it's mainstream, I'm not interested. I want to be watching, I'm going to go watch Shane Meadows films.
2: It's difficult because, come on, it's like, look, it's locked down too. Obviously I could do a bit of The Crown at the moment, but I'm like... You know, I'm probably subconsciously saving it because we don't know how long lockdown's going to be. Fair, fair. It's got
3: a great cast. It's uh, written by Paula Milne. White Heat sets a new benchmark in epic drama as it chronicles the loves, triumphs and tragedies of a group of friends through a generation of political and social turmoil. Ka-ching! Thank yeah. you very much yeah. indeed.
2: And it's good it's like it's got great it's got great British actors in it so supporting cast mm. and it's uh it's like one of those nice through the decades uh, series.
3: Yes, I love that sort of stuff. I mean that yeah. you know the Crown is a bit too Perfect and big budget. I like the smaller budget indie vibes, but with that thing through the decades, yeah. epic sagas. All yeah, oh, love-
2: you, you need to watch White Heat. You'd like it. Well, I
3: can do, Max. I just logged into your account. I'm like yeah, on exactly. watching episode one. <laughs> Seriously, if I if I press play, I can actually see. Yeah, five minutes forty two is when you is when you jumped off White Heat.
2: Five really? 42. Is that all I gave it? Yeah. Well, what was I so busy doing in 2018? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting, over, getting
3: over Tom's stories. Um, yeah. Okay. What else have we got in 2018? Uh, and what by the what are you doing in 2018? What's going on with your life? Because we've we've talked a lot about the earlier years with with pop world uh, and all that sort of stuff. What's happening now by 2018? Yeah. Where do we find you, Makita? In 2018.
2: 2018 was a really bad year. It was like it was. Um, I was sort of like. I suddenly realized I wasn't working on the stuff I wanted to work on and like what actual work wise, not with myself, just like, but I wasn't getting there because of where I was at in my head. Mm. I had to do a lot of facing stuff, but it was, I'm thinking about it now because I really changed my life in 2019, January. So I'm thinking 2018 is when everything crashed. Oh my God. Yeah. I had a show that I was actually, I'm not really allowed to talk about it. (laughs) Took around it Took around it Yeah i around it I had a show that was Meant to happen That I've been working on For a long time And it didn't And it broke my heart yes. And I realised that I'd been putting Everything into this One thing And I had to look More about At all the Just you know You're kind of hoping That one thing Will solve everything Yes And because I've been Working in TV Since I was 15 I just thought commission A commission will solve Everything mm. And actually I had to do A lot of work on myself And I think you have to For me anyway Sometimes I have to Really really crash To sort of rise from the ashes like a phoenix Mm. and this time i took it to a new level i i i really did a lot of work on myself and started exercising started training lost a lot of weight and started really thinking about how i wanted to approach the work i wanted to do and the kind of career i wanted to have for for the rest of my life and a lot of that was remembering how much i just absolutely love being a tv presenter and i love broadcasting when that's not when that's been when that's been given to you at such an early part of your life where you don't even know whether it's you don't know that you're good at broadcasting, but then it's given to you and you realise it's what you're made to do. Mm. And then there comes a time where you can't do the work you want to do because of various choices that you've made or where you're at in your life. And that's really hard. So when I started getting work again, I just, oh, I lapped it up, Tom. <laughs> every single job, every 30 minute voiceover, yes. everything. But this is, I just went this is it. a
3: This is a familiar pattern. I, I really, I get it. You know, you had... You had huge, huge fame. And there's only one place that fame's gonna go. And and you know, you're gonna have to be ready for times when you're not getting the same amounts of work that you were getting. And yet you've gotta, mm. you've gotta know like because you've got you've had this thing where the thing you were born to do, you got the chance to do it at 15.
2: Like Yeah, but the thing is, because a lot of my friends are like, hmm like if my painter friends out of work, they will just go to their studio and paint. I can't sit in my room and present to the door. Like,
3: uh, Have you not seen it's Instagram? Quite, it's pretty good. It's, well, should check it out. Well,
2: it, well, exactly. That was the other thing. I started to get really confused because I started to see the way people, hey guys on Instagram. And I was like, maybe that's the new presenting. And I've just never been very good at that. I, I am quite a sarcastic person. I, I am quite... <laughs> I just am. And the way I, I I thought there was no space for me on television anymore. So I started to write basically and get myself into a better space. And then jobs just started coming through. And I realized that actually, no, there is still so much of the TV I want to do. Now I'm doing so much that I love. And, I guess if I'd had to write it down, I wouldn't have known what to write. So sometimes you just got to keep going each day, mm. nourishing yourself, focusing, really thinking about what it is you're good at and what you want to do, and it gets you to the most extraordinary places. I couldn't have imagined the kind of stuff that my mother and I are now doing a year ago, or 2018 to be precise.
3: There you go, there you go. So yeah. tell me about the stuff you're doing with your mother at the moment, then, because you've got so you've got your channel on. on is that on YouTube?
2: <clears throat> no, no, no. We just put that on our Instagram. What's for dinner, mummy? What's for dinner, mummy? Basically brought. My mum's career was still going, was already going very well, but it sort of just propelled both of us into the stages we're at now. I am now doing a lot of work with Channel 4 again, which is like, you know, it's my home mm, Channel 4. Yeah. It's where I grew up, quite literally. So to go back there and be doing live TV with them has just been so invigorating and exciting and really redemptive for me. And my mum is now, you know, killing it. She's now been moved to the host of Great British Men, you're not just the judge. Yes,
3: Andy Oliver. Yes, of Um, course, we should mention her name. Yes, yes, yes.
2: Yes. Are you sorry? Yeah, my mother, Andy Oliver. Yeah, yeah,
3: just in case. But yeah, okay, yes.
2: No, no, it was very important. She is. It's so important for me to have seen what happened to my mom in her 50s, Tom, her early 50s, her career turned into something she could have never dreamed of. So I suppose that propelled me to go, oh no, 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 it's never too late to get what you want again. You can start again and starting again for me meant being proud of what I had done instead of running from it. And then using that to sort of build me into the presenter I want to be now. And, and now we're doing, I'm not allowed to say we've got a massive BBC commission, but I can't talk about it Okay, fine. January.
3: That's exciting though. So 2018 is the crucible in which all the positivity we're hearing from you now sort of began, right? So so come on, I feel like I need to scratch the surface a bit more. You say you worked on yourself, you got stuff out. What does that mean? Did you do therapy or what was happening?
2: Yeah, yeah I started therapy. I also, I started going out with someone, my ex-boyfriend, who was a really calm chilled out stonemason and uh He was just, uh, you know, we saw, I got this new flat. I moved house. I was living in the middle of London Fields in Hackney and I'd been there in three different flats, basically in the same circle of London Fields, same people, same pubs. And I was just losing my mind a bit. Mm. And I moved out to the marshes uh, on the same park that my parents live on, but my flat's like a bit further down the park. And I knew that I wanted to live high up. I hate living on the basement or ground floor. I've always (laughs) really just not liked it. So I was just like, I need, to find somewhere that's just high up—that's all I care about—and I found this incredible flat that I'm talking to you from now. Which my parents' flat is high up as well. It looks a certain way over the park, yeah. so this flat's higher. So I thought I'd see my parents' view, but better. And I got up and realised it looks the other way, and the other way is <laughs> extraordinary. It's like the entire marshes, and then the entire of and and then all i mean it's the most panoramic panoramic epic view we call my balcony sky bar
3: <laughs> i love it that's great um, that's great
2: and it's just i think this view and moving to the marshes and going out with my lovely ex who was just very calm and i didn't i didn't go out and see people we just went for lots of walks on the marshes hung out with the cows and mm. the horses mm. <clears throat> and i just really got back to like who i was before i became makita oliver and a famous young person and the things I wanted before those things. And who, you know, it's a really defining thing, what you do being everything that you are from that young. Yeah. So I had to figure out who I was without what I did.
0: Yeah, uh, but most people think- figure that
3: out, go through that period when they're having a gap year or just after university, that's the hard, that's a really <laughs> difficult time after you. Do you know what I mean? Because, but because of your success yeah. and because you were whisked away into this world, it took you longer. So it must've hit harder when you had this moment.
2: God, yeah, I was 34. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't-> seriously. <laughs> So I was like, okay. But that's why I'm having a kind of success that feels very different. I'm not just on the telly, we're working. We're building sort of lots of different, really important avenues, my mother and I. So the television, I work in television in all the myriad of ways that I want to work in it for the rest of my life. I, I love telly. When I wasn't on it, I just missed it. And I love being on set. It's where I I'm, I love live TV. I love auto cue. I love talkback. Yeah. <laughs> like I love the gallery. I grew up there. So for me, it's just, it's a really exciting, safe space where I know I can just grow and get better and better. Yes,
3: yes. I know exactly what you mean. And, the, the, and it's and it's that thing of having that home and somewhere you've grown up on, but then having to deal with the absence of it and get over the absence of it then means when it's back in your life, you appreciate it and you understand it. Oh better. yeah,
2: totally. It's like your car's coming at 6am. I'm like, I'll be there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. You know, exactly. I'm like, every day I'm just like so... Feeling the fact that I got myself back into this really powerful place. I can't, I'm so proud of myself. I can't believe I bloody did it. You should
3: be. It's not, <laughs> it's, it's, you should be because, because so many, many people can't do that. Once, once it's gone, mm. it's gone. And then it all just, that, that will, that strength of will, it takes a lot to do that. It,
2: it does do that. take a lot. It really does. And it's not over every day. You're like, oh God, it's a lot to re enter into this competitive busy place but actually it's, it's all about approach and I'm not approaching it with any sense of competitiveness I'm approaching it with just all the things I want to do are in this world and I intend to do them all this time
3: Yeah, and quality will out as well that's the thing you have to remember quality will out if you're good it it's is. all going to be fine um, talking of which Map and Lucia there you are season one of Map and Lucia oh. tell me about this please I don't know this is a, a comic adaptation of E.F. Benson's novels set in oh hello I like the sound of this I'm on board yeah. set in a small town in 1930s England Yes, please.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. So I really can we just talk about how many sort of quintessential English buys? Anything that's a bit British, I'm into. It's really interesting. What's going on there? Yeah, I think it's my nan. My nan lives in Suffolk. We love a detective drama. We love her. She would have, she, she, she's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying she would have. I just meant I didn't show it to her. Map and Lucia, I might have to pull out this Christmas for her. She'd love it. So my, a very good friend of ours, family friend is called Anna Chancellor. She's an actress and she's in this. I love most things that Anna's in. I'm sorry, Doug. Face. Um, she's
3: dark face, isn't she?
2: Yeah, she's dark face. Weddings. Yeah, okay, fine, all right. She is dark face. Uh, and Miranda, what's her name? Miranda Richardson.
3: Um, um, oh god, oh god, details. Click on details, Tom, quickly, but don't let on that you're clicking on details. Um, <laughs> pad, pad. I can't see actually.
2: Miranda Richardson. It's she's so good. It is Miranda Richardson. Yes, it's Miranda Richardson. Miranda yes, Miranda Ri- Richardson. Yes. Over to you, thank Miranda you. Miranda Richardson and Anna, and Anna Chancellor. And I didn't know the story, but it's you know it's one of those classic. Um, old books by this author and it's just about these two women sorry I just remembered how funny it is these two women in this town in this village and it's so pretty and it's very gentle but it's so well written and and Miranda Richardson is is amazing in it they're basically frenemies and they're very competitive and they're very territorial about the space and Miranda Richardson is just a comedic genius in it I can't explain you will have to watch it but it's just so funny sorry I just (laughs) and i was i was having a really is this 2018 still?
3: This is in 2018, yeah. this So this is in the year of, of uh, the beginning of the reboot. This is your, yeah, the
2: I, I was needing a lot of, I was wanting to watch things that comforted me, but they also sparked me a bit. And I mm. loved the way it was written and the way it was, uh, why it was funny. Mm. The, all these things, it's funny. You know what, Tom? This is a clever podcast. <laughs> it's interesting, the things that I consumed that did lead me to sort of the things I'm doing today.
3: yes. Yes.
2: That's very interesting.
3: What I'm noticing, what I find really what I love about this is when you find out about people and my perception of you is this is dry sense of humour. You are, you know, you're London to your uh, to your uh, teeth. You know, you are a core London kind of person. And 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 yet here you are with this kind of inner Arcadia, where you're where you're looking at, at comfort British pastoral scenes. You're talking about the view looking out of your flat and how nice it is to walk with the cows. So there's just this this yeah. this other side to you which I find fascinating.
2: It's probably because it was all quite you know hectic in my childhood. There was a lot of. Parties and, you know, people were doing extraordinary things. So sometimes I quite like a little bit of comfort and routine. And and I think I do get that out of a sort of pastoral landscape. Yeah, who
3: knew that was there? Who knew that was there with <laughs> Makita Oliver? Um, look, 2019, finally she starts bloody using right, Amazon. Right, what the hell?
2: Well, I guess I, 2019 I was changing my life. So let's see what, yeah. what tools I yeah. thought Amazon could help. So
3: bearing in mind, up until 2019, you'd bought literally, I'd say, eight things on Amazon, which somehow we've turned into a podcast so far which is you know
2: um
3: and then it goes absolutely crazy. you buy 56 items in one year so are you
2: kidding no this is this is all bad films this is all bad it films. is a
3: lot of bad films uh and also <laughs> a lot of audio books audible membership again you know oh. listening to your audible books you're you're chilling out man you're you're finding out mm. that zen mm,
2: i really was i really was
3: <laughs> 15th of april ratatouille
2: Oh, that's 10 days before my birthday.
3: Oh, really? I was, just,
2: I was just about to turn 35. So I probably needed some Disney. <laughs>
3: um, there's all Yeah, Disney always helps with that. Um, then we've got Motherland series 1, 15th of April. Oh, oh
2: you know what? I that? need to talk about Motherland. I need to talk about Motherland. Come on. Because Motherland, I still... Is that how long ago Motherland came out? I wish there was just more Motherland. Because Motherland, I watch... To go to sleep to (gasps) Motherland, I watched to be inspired to write because it's just so well written. Yes. And I watch it to comfort me. And sometimes I watch it when I just need to really, really laugh. It is everything to me, Motherland. I think it's fantastic.
3: It's so fantastic. I love it so much. And also, I always end up doing that terrible cliche with Motherland of saying, oh my God, it's just like my life. Like, it's it, ridiculous. Is it though? Oh.
2: But is it? No, but that's why. No, but it's astute writing, Tom. They're not just on the perif- periphery of writing about this subject. They're so. She's so clever, Sharon And There's also three other writers. I think it's Holly Walsh. Damien something and one other guy and one Graham other girl and I so, just I Graham that's it Graham Lennon who she uh, who always writes with Sharon Horgan. Mm. and I you know what I like it so much that I actually read a whole article about uh, the writing room that they, oh. like, they wrote about the writing room of how they wrote Motherland. And I just thought it was fascinating because it's just so comically, the timing of the, but not even the acting, like, the writing.
3: Yes. Well, it's a fascinating thing. So you've got the the writer's room is the core group, Sharon Hogan, Graham Linehan, Helen Linehan, uh, his wife, of course, and Holly Walsh. Oh, yeah, it's his wife. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, and it's that thing as a stand-up and... Uh, it draws drives you mad when people say, Michael McIntyre, he's so effortless you know, just all he's doing is observing stuff. And you're like, you have no idea how hard it is to to pick a thread of observation and, and find oh, yeah. something that everyone relates to and build a plot around it. And in Motherland they do it every single episode. It is it is a masterpiece
2: yeah because it also that's so true like I was watching it again the other night because I needed it I needed it hit of Motherland and it's the one where that she opens her terrible shop Amanda oh. and it's just like it's not just funny it's like the narrative is great like the leads of the story uh, by the time they're uh, by the time they call it a shit shop on the Acton forum, <laughs> it's already had like three narrative turns. I was like, this is genius writing. Yeah, it's really good. And it's the specifics as well. Like, of course it's Lee Mead that moves down the road. It's just so oh, specific. Oh, the Lee Mead thing's amazing. <laughs> Listen,
3: this so is good. this is so annoying. If you've not watched Motherland, you're, it's just like listening to so know, two sorry. people describe a dream. Like, yeah, whatever. No,
2: but you sh- it, should. It, you should. You should. Watch
3: it's it. really, really good. It's really, really good
1: for us, my dear. Than that. Friends with friends, and we're on Twitter at FriendsWF.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
2: I'm intrigued to know what else I was doing this year because I really, motherland, this is me nesting, I think, before I was getting ready to like, this is probably when I started training every single day.
3: Oh, really? Um, Like running or what?
2: No, I got a trainer. I lost like three stone in 2019. So I went for it and I started training with this trainer called Nyambe. Amazing. And I had to be there at 9am every day. And sometimes I would train in the evening as well. I said to him, I want to lose three stone. He's like, I'll do we can do it. You just have to do this. So I trained harder than I've ever trained. And I thought it was going to be just about losing weight, but to even feel overweight and go in like month two yeah. and work as hard as he works you, it takes so much more than just, I'm going to train today. And that, and that changed my life. I had to be a fighter. I had to work through stuff. And I think in the night, all I could do was handle watching Ratatouille
3: and Motherland. (laughs) So how long would you train (laughs) for it? Like an hour every day or what? Two hours? Yeah.
2: An hour every, every morning. And then sometimes I do a class in the evening. I just got so into it, Tom. I just went in the zone. I trained every day for about eight months.
3: Are you quite an all or nothing person? Yeah okay yeah okay i'm seeing that
2: i've never i've never actually said that loud but big time
3: <laughs> i think that's good i think that's strength. Uh, and uh but also this is part of the you know you take the low point of 2018 and the reboot you've got to do something a lot of people go right i'm gonna change i'm gonna here we go let's do something but people very early, very really act on it
2: mm, yeah i just knew after the what 2018 was and turning 35 didn't help i was like you know what we're getting a little bit last chance saloon here. We need to really, if we're gonna try and turn this around, you know, for five years I've been saying, I'm gonna turn my career around. I'm gonna get my career back. And just not living like someone that wanted to do that. I was like, I need to live like someone who actually cares about this and wants this. And you know what, the minute I did, it came back. This is the thing. Like, yes, this is really My intention was there. Inten- but
3: this mm. is the, it's really, really inspirational for people to hear that. I really believe that. People talk about their dreams and ambitions and things they wanna do and they wanna want change, whether it's inner change, whether it's career change, but it's really hard to actually go well i've got three hours left today so i could actually start writing that thing now like no everyone puts it off all the time yeah. so to yeah you know yeah. it's hard to kick yourself in the ass physically it's hard to do it's hard to do yeah um 31st of may 2019 uh, black panther 9.99 on prime video you've splashed the oh, cash God.
2: here no, I don't know why I bought that. I must have bought it for a kid that was visiting. I hate superhero films. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Oh, I haven't really? watched it. My mom's like, how can you not have watched Black Panther? I hate superhero films. Oh. One time, eight people talked me into going to see The Avengers. You know what it is, Tom, as well? You might know this. Um, in the olden days, pre-corona, and like more like the olden days, like early noughties, we had to do screenings for every person we interviewed. Yes. So I used to sometimes have four screenings a week yes. and that's not films you want to see. So it takes a lot for me to go to the cinema. Mm. And, to, and I used to, we always, at T4, we did every action film. So I had to sit through these action films like, on my own in a screening room at 8am. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't stand them. So Black Panther was definitely for a niece I, or nephew.
3: That is, I, I relate to that. I really relate to that. I haven't had it. Qu- I haven't had it quite the same as you. The last three years since I've been working at Magic, I've done a lot of these. And yes, funny myself yes, yes, yes. the other day, well before lockdown, the other day, crust a year ago now, uh, sitting next to Lorraine <laughs> Kelly watching Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, how has this happened to my life? I'm, Things like that. No,
2: but that that is <laughs> that's how weird screenings are. So weird. It's so weird. So true. But, I, but next to Lorraine Kelly. But here's
3: the thing. Here's the thing. I'm because I didn't start on this business until uh, in sort of getting into that presentery thing until I was about 34, 35 four, thirty five. I'm never going to oh. take it for granted. I'm never going to take it for granted. I love every time I'm in that position. I'm like, this is so. Cool. Whereas what you're saying is you're this this there's this sort of white noise of fireworks, of showbiz fireworks going off in your face. And you're sitting there going, This doesn't quite fit. This isn't quite me. I'm over this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it it's knackering being on for that long. And I think after about 15 years. I just needed to lie down for a few years.
3: You mustn't give yourself a hard time for that. That's the thing. You've got to go, yeah, I didn't need to. to." Yeah,
2: it's like I need to walk in the marshes for a year, okay? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Back and forth. Totally fair enough. Um, Some great films still
3: coming through. It is all movies. Uh, it is all movies, Makita. Oh um, Life in Squares, the <laughs> September issue. Permission. Stop me if you want to talk oh about one of these.
2: La- La- Life in Squares. I mean, I just love an English bloody. Film. Oh my god!
3: Here we go again. Told That's over, a BBC drama. Go, told over forty years. Here we go. Bloody. as like catnip for Makita Oliver. Life- yeah,
2: it's um, it's it's the story of um Virginia Woolf and her sister and Duncan. Yes. Ingvov, the the neighbour. It's bloody brilliant. Yes.
3: Yes. It's got um. Uh, Rupert Penry Jones, or as we call him, Rupert Penry Wenry. Um, <laughs> all sorts of brilliant people. Amanda Sam Samhot, loads of brilliant actors in it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's another classic. It's another classic. From to watch.
2: It's another classic BBC drama. <laughs> what is wrong with you? So
3: <laughs> Goodwill Hunting, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Oh,
2: why am oh, I crying? What? It's not his fault. C- it's not his fault. <laughs> Do you know what? I think Goodwill Hunting is one of the best films I ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I fancy Matt Damon in it a lot, mm-hmm. but I also just, I lo- again, I love the story. I love that two friends, because actually Tom, when we were younger, when we were like 21 and we were, I was quite successful, but he was sort of, yeah, he was like a successful actor, but I was more successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and Rob, our friend Rob Pattinson, were, sort of shipping out scripts all around. They wanted to be like these two new writing guys. They wanted to be the new Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I guess. Yes. And, uh, and I just remember, and then Rob got Twilight. So it was just all shot to shit. Bye bye. <laughs> all the best. Have a <laughs> yeah. safe flight. Actually, no. I'm going to do this instead. But, um, but, I always liked that story of Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. I loved the way they came together and they were both working a little bit, but they wrote that that extraordinary tale yeah. and then got Gus Van Sant to direct it and managed to get Robin Williams. Like I loved the story of how they got that all made and put it together. And it's so beautifully done. I love their slightly rogue casting of Minnie. I'm um, oh, sorry. Not Minnie. Yeah, mini Driver. Minnie Driver, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnie Driver. Uh, and she's so good in it. She's so good in it. There's
3: a certain, there's a rule that I apply to certain people, which is you get a free pass for life, right? As soon as Ben Elton and Richard Curtis have done Blackadder, they have a free pass yeah. for life. I will forgive them the thin blue line you know and <laughs> and any number of awful dross films that Richard Curtis has made in the last couple of years right um yeah bless him bless him lovely god lovely man i mean notting Hill's... Lovely he, he's, man. he's he's a he's a portobello road yeah guy.
2: but he but he but he made a film about my area and forgot to put half the people that actually live in it in it yeah, so i, it's like, I love not him so
3: many people of color in uh, not notting so hill many.
2: Hmm. not too but many i think guys. you're
3: thinking of highgate hill there richard
2: <laughs>
3: um, yes but isn't it good that well it's obviously not good but we can look at that now with our the the place we've got to in 2020 and kind of go, uh, mm. Richard. Next time, love. Yeah,
2: okay, thank you. And it's not even an anger thing. It's like it's just not factually correct, yeah. was it, Richard? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, and some people get a free pass. I would say Ben Affleck and Matt Damon for writing Goodwill Hunting. Certainly Ben Affleck because he's done some weird movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just kind of go, mate. You
3: wrote Goodwill Hunting.
2: You have to have the rest of your life yeah. off. You've done it. There's more to have to forgive Ben Affleck for. <laughs>
3: what's the what's the other Ben what what do you mean like stories or actually just crap films
2: no I mean terrible films
3: yeah. Batman, he but then, Batman but
2: then he but then he sort of messes with you and comes out with that film that he directed that won best director what was it R. Arna? about the like heist not the heist
3: oh Argo, 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 Argo is brilliant.
2: Argo will brilliant. Never saw it. Did you neither no, Did I? Um,
3: I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I loved it. um okay. d- uh, Talk to me before we get into the last year, Makita. Before we get to the end of this podcast,
2: that, that last year better have some bloody training equipment on it.
3: It's just going to be. It's just more movies. Um, I want. i I'm just interested in the interviews thing. Um, you are a brilliant interviewer because you're so when when you're watching you on TV. It's you. You get the sense that you're being a completely natural. That's why you and Simon were so good and the chemistry was so real. Um, Thank you. uh, Well, it's true. And how do you uh, find that when you are approaching interviews and you realise, and and this is genuinely a career question, like I want your advice, and you think, Mm. I don't get on with you. Like you're interviewing someone and you're like, oh, the chemistry isn't right. And yet when I build all my interactions with people on a completely natural kind of how I am starting point if I don't get on with someone where do you go what do you do what are the tricks
2: I'm trying to think it's it's difficult because it's all about appro- the approach I think mm. and I think the minute you let someone know who you are you can get into a very different space. And who and who I let them know that I am is someone that's gonna have a slightly different kind of conversation with them. And it's gonna be more on a level. And I do that by talking to people a lot before I interview them. Even yes. if it's a junket and you've got, I mean, junkets work. You know, and also I've had prep. Uh, you know, in that in those 15 years of working every day, that's like four junkets a week. Mm. And junkets are hell if you don't know. It's when all the actors are in different hotel rooms, and you get carted around to each room, and you get treated terribly, yes. and uh, and you get put into a room with cameras and a massive film star sat in a chair. They've already had 50 interviews, and you get four <laughs> minutes, and someone's there doing the time with their hands. It's really intense. Yes. So I decided when I was about 19 to become the master of junkets. So I would be Lovely to all the um, all the people going, okay, T4 this way. I'd be like, are you all right, Amanda? It's quite long here today, isn't it? I got really personable with everyone. When yes, I walked into yes. the junket room, I would introduce myself to all the cameramen. So by the time you sit down with Cameron Diaz, she's like, you're okay. Yes. And then be like, hi, Cameron. I know this is probably the 50th interview. Should we, should we have some fun, yes. Cameron? Like just go straight into like, this will be a bit different because of who I am, because of who you are, Tom. Mm. It's always going to be that slightly different Into You just have to let them know that as soon as you can.
3: You have to, but this is the thing, in, in the face of huge superstars, like I did Jim Carrey just before lockdown. And th- oh. it's like, yeah. You don't know what's going to happen with that guy.
2: Yeah, it does get, I get really bad nerves. Do you? Yes,
3: yes. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. get nervous. And then, and what the problem is the nerves make the personality engine, right? Which we build the thing on yeah. that you've just described. That's suddenly wading through treacle. So what do you do? What are the techniques? Oh.
2: I go to a place that my therapist and I call Major Makita, which is like when I go into like army mode. It's interesting you said it's like being in the army when I left work after 15 years. Yeah, I go into army mode, which is I am the best at this and I need oh. them to know that. So I just like don't let fear get in the way. Yes. Because I Because of how much I want it to go well.
3: Fear is a fucking asshole.
2: Fear is a fucker. Yeah. Fear is a fucker. And then you get into a place of doubt and there doesn't need to be any doubt you know how to chat to people let's do this yeah, yeah. it's like that
3: god I, i'm gonna use that <laughs> next time i'm going to do some <laughs> awful junket
2: um i'm so honored that you want my advice of course thank i you do so you're a
3: genius at this stuff you're brilliant at this stuff um <laughs> thank you all right come on let's look at 2020 let's look at lockdown jesus come Christ. on come
2: on come on Year in my life this is so, the best year of my life. Just... this better be represented in my Amazon purchases. So, so
3: April, bearing in mind your birthday is April the what? Again, remind me.
2: 25th April 25th. I had a lockdown birthday. So
3: we can see that as you appra- approach your birthday, you're absolutely caning Prime Video, buying oh. some amazing serendipity in her shoes. <gasps> oh my um,
2: god, I was so heartbroken. <laughs> One
3: night stands.
2: <laughs> Yeah, that's an amazing film. Who's that made Ooh, by?
3: It's an erotically charged love story. Hello.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. No, no, no. Is it? Yeah, I guess it is quite erotic, but it's made by that guy, Nigel. Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. Mike Figgis. Wesley Snipes. Mike Figgis. Mike Figgis. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautifully made. And I remember it, when I first got Cable... When I was uh, when we were fourteen, my mum got Sky. We got Sky. It was a big thing, and I got it in my room. So I had Sky Movies, and this film One Night Stand was on a lot. And I just thought it was so brilliant. It's like sexually charged, dramatic. Oh my god, Robert Downey Jr. is dying of AIDS in it. Ugh. It's so hardcore, but it's so beautifully made. And um, I was so happy when I found it. Amazon was the only place I could find it. The
3: Thank you, magic, Amazon. the magic of Amazon. Yeah, great film. RDJ is amazing from El Holiday. Uh, Conrad Van Orton, that is not a real name, but if it is, congratulations. Uh, Conrad, Van Orton, I don't know, Conrad Van Orton says, a tremendous endeavor. These are just reviews I'm reading here. Um, five stars from an Amazon oh, customer. Oh, got
2: you, got you. Um,
3: and then... Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> this one here that's just
3: completely out of nowhere uh, Glenn's written avoid lost interest after 30 minutes fuck you Glenn fuck you <laughs>
2: Unbelievable, avoid unbelievable. no it's beautiful Glenn. You, you missed the trick
3: um okay great uh girls series six yeah that's a theme where you've been watching lots of girls the brilliant Lena dunham uh tv series lots of that
2: so this is me okay so i was a little bit heartbroken just before lockdown quite a lot and then lockdown obviously makes it worse and then when i so i was sort of heartbroken that's the serendipity period mm. like april right why heartbroken and please God, have so heartbroken. you split
3: up your boyfriend right
2: I, it, was, it wasn't a boyfriend it was someone I uh, I don't want to go into it. just something that I was something that was something and then it suddenly really wasn't and then lockdown happened it was horrendous oh my god okay and uh, I um, yeah I was re- watching a lot of romantic comedies but then when I started watching girls that's when I started getting back into me and writing and ideas and directing and colors I wanted to use and projects I wanted to do. And I just, I was just starting small. I mean, see, now I'm saying to you colors I wanted to use because of the colors I've used in a a new project, which I know I've been inspired by Lena Dunham's use of the way she colors girls, the actual word girls in every episode at the beginning. But obviously at the time I didn't know that. But now I'm talking to you, I realised that. But I definitely, it's interesting that then I suddenly just started Girls from the beginning and just watched it all because I really wanted to like get back into how I could be, make the creative ideas in my mind a reality. And, and I love that Lena Dunham does that.
3: She's amazing. And also she is one of those people it is she takes control of everything. The writing, the directing, everything. It is a-
2: Yes, yes, and, totally. And she wouldn't let a man- Get in the way of that. No. So I was like, I am Lena Dunham.
3: <laughs> yes. Good. Yes. Why not? Um, more motherland here. Uh, letting go, the pathway of surrender. Here's a good audiobook.
2: Oh, God. I mean, you feel me? I was so <laughs> trying to let go. Oh, my God. What I was happens? so trying to let go. What happened? Uh, I can't say on a podcast. You know why? Go on. Because I've already said it on a podcast. Oh, <laughs> I've okay. got to stop saying it. But, but, but just in terms um, of,
3: okay. All right. Just, just give us sort of, give us an outline to give us some context that you're comfortable. Obviously, that you're comfortable with
2: doing. Yeah, I, 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 I started seeing someone, then they got back with their ex-girlfriend. Okay. out of nowhere okay and it was hardcore yes it was really hardcore right. so um so then never this is really interesting totally the romantic comedy bit then the uh, who am I I want to write what do I want to make happen and then letting go I remember I bought that I was having a really hard time at that point and I took myself for a five hour walk uh up. The canal. I walked all the way to Wanstead wow. and I listened to Letting Go. Five hours of it. I listened to it, and it's tough. That book. Wow. Oh, it's really what? in what way? Because it makes you God, address things. About Big time. Really address them and really look into the reasons that you feel things and why you hold on to stuff and. And how much you do have to let go of things. And I wasn't really ready. And oh my God, it was hardcore. It <laughs> was a really hard day. Actually, I, I don't know how, if it says how much I listened to, but I never listened to it again. Cause I actually, the next day felt worse.
3: Well, that's the danger of, of certain types of audio uh, audiobooks like this, is that they are a therapy without an actual person there. And there is a danger there that you can't, mm. so you need to be bouncing stuff back. You can't do these things by yourself sometimes.
2: Right. Yeah. I've never thought about it like that. That was it. I felt very, I felt even more freaked out after I did five hours of that. So I've never, I haven't listened to it again. I'm a bit scared of it. To be honest,
3: listening to five hours, if I listen to five hours of this podcast, I think I'll start to lose my marbles, really. (laughs) It's it's, it's a very intense thing. But again, here we see this Makita Oliver, you know, you are, you you don't do things half assed unless it's the first six minutes of that TV series. Um, Yeah. You know, you jump in, you jump in. Um, But this is interesting, 2020. So we're seeing inspiration. We see you're you're reaching out for the comfort of of rom-coms. You're being inspired by things like Girls as we get to the last page, right? The latest page on your Amazon. So November 2020, we've got uh, Frankie and Johnny. We've got Postcards from the America's Sweethearts. Uh, Nick Cornby's new one, Just Like You, which I've read.
2: Oh yeah, I'm I'm listening to that right now. Mm, It's an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah, I like it. it I do like it's it. It's good.
3: It's good. Um, and here we go. Look, we'll end on this. We'll end on this. Proof, proof that you are um that you are a, a taking a military approach. You are physically rebuilding as well as mentally rebuilding. Twenty seventh of September, the kettle ball, a kettlebell ball, kettle dumbbell. <laughs> yes. Along with the yes! neoprene dumbbells. Look at this. You've absolutely spent yes! You spent nearly a hundred quid on heavy things. <laughs>
2: I did, no, um, but you know what? I keep them at my friend Seb's so that I go to his house and train. He lives in he like he lives like a, a ten minute cycle, and it's, I love that. I do the bike ride, I go there, we do our weights, and then I come home. Right, and because in lockdown I was like, I I want to properly train, and um, it's annoying because the other thing I bought on Amazon was twenty five skipping ropes, but actually uh someone from because i'm starting this thing called skip school which is all about encouraging people to skip through lockdown and also to take that skill further on in your life as well because skipping's oh just the one My god it, Tom, it's, if you don't skip
3: it's so good for you. there was a guy skipping in the park the other day and my kids just watched him and he was really lovely and he was quite seemed to be quite nice oh. about it he was like doing proper intense skippage and my kids were and they can't skip. They don't skip. Uh, so where's, where's that much skill? Oh my skill? God.
2: Well, well, I'm bringing skipping back into our lives. It's called Skip School and it's going to be people just exchanging content on Instagram. It's going to be called Sunday Skip School. Every Sunday on my Instagram, there'll be lots of different skipping content. And the main thing that Skip School's about is learning how to skip to music because it's so much fun learning to skip to a beat. Yeah. And it's so accessible. Ropes are like a fiver, yeah. you know, well, on Amazon. We what? got 25 for for about 30 quid. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the reason it's not on there is because Kelly, who works for Skip School, bought them on her Amazon account, which is so annoying.
3: <laughs> it's all right. You've still brought it to the podcast. <laughs> you've still got
2: to Skip it. And also yeah. it's so
3: good for your core as well, as it's so good for your fitness.
2: It's so good. And also it's fun, Tom. Mm. I put my headphones on. I'm going to do it right after this. Just do 10 minutes. Just go downstairs, get into the park, Mm. put my headphones on, just do 10 minutes to the beat. And I feel invigorated and ready for the next Zoom. It's a form of meditation (laughs) ready for the
3: next Ridiculous Podcast. Well, listen, this Ridiculous Podcast with you has been a pleasure. Makita Oliver, I think you are absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for spending some time with us today.
2: Thank you so much, Tom. Um,
3: And before we lose you, you must tell us, uh, obviously we can find you on Insta and Twitter and all that stuff. And you've got a podcast up and running, haven't you? What's the quiz thing that's going on at the moment. Tell us about that.
2: Yes, I'm doing a new podcast called Quiz Chat Repeat. It's uh, quite redemptive for me because I've been the quiz master at most family gatherings for 15 years. So finally, it's an official thing. And I love it because it's a proper daily quiz. It's not, you know, we do chat. We do chat quite a lot, actually, but we get the quiz done first. And that's really important to me because as someone that loves to host a quiz, I Mm. know that when people come to a quiz, it's because they straight up love a quiz. And that's all we yeah. do. And you were so good. quite good so on it. Good. You were all right. Yeah, you were pretty good, actually.
3: No, I was... The first round, I was... My general knowledge was absolutely crushingly awful. What, um, what were you like say, on your
2: specialist subject? What was it again? Well, my special
3: subject was the playlist of Magic FM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I hummed my way through it. I think it was okay. <laughs> it was all right. I didn't embarrass myself, which is the first time in my life that I can no, say that. No, you did um, not. It was a lot of fun and you, yeah, it was good. But I really, the thing that really strikes me is the number of times as a stand up, people come to me and say, Oh, can you host a quiz? But like with stand up. And you're like, No, no. No. People go to a quiz because they want a quiz. Yes,
2: exactly. Get on with the quiz. So that, if you just want to get on with the quiz, quiz chat repeats for you. Quiz
3: chat repeat available on all good platforms. Uh, Makita Oliver, all the best kind regards. Thank you. Makita Oliver. How ace is she? Uh, From pop world to skipping, brilliant, brilliant human being. Thank you for listening as ever to my Mayport toaster. I'll be back next week. Uh, Give us a follow at ToasterPod on Twitter and Instagram, and give us a rate and a review. Sorry, I know it's annoying. I say it all the time, but it really, really helps. Uh, Lots of love. See you soon. Bye.
0: GreatBigOwl.com.
1: Than that, friends with friends, and we're on Twitter at friendswf.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars